Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 31. I, Chris Hardwick, am about to perform stand-up comedy jokes in many cities. So, come out to a show. I promise it will not be disappointing. August 12th to 15th, I'll be at Caroline's in New York. August 18th through 21st, I'll be at Cap City in Austin, Texas. August 25th to 28th, I'll be at Helium in Philadelphia. Then in September, we're doing Bumbershoot. We're going to do a live Nerdist podcast episode there. Also, I'll be at The Punchline in Sacramento and Laughing Skull in Atlanta. Go to Nerdist.com and look at the Look at Me sidebar for more info and ticket links. All right, so this ep was recorded live at Largo in Los Angeles on July 28th. The guests were David Koechner, Tom Kenny, and the wonderful Fred Willard. You know, it was really an honor to hang out with all of these comedy genii, so I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Initiate welcome sequence. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hi. What's going on, Largo? How is everybody? Oh, good. Oh, find your seat. Make sure there's not someone else in. He's going to stab you. I was just a Comic-Con. We'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast Live, everybody. So excited you're here. Want to do a show? It's going to be amazing. I'm not going to do, uh, oh, I said that word again. People give me shit online because I say amazing all the time. But there is no better word than amazing. This show is going to be amazing. Fred Willard is here, everybody. <laughs> so exciting. Also, uh, Tom Kinney is here. Uh, yes. And I, you know, I feel like I come out and blab at the, uh, out of all, at the beginning of all these shows. And uh, two things. I don't want people to feel like I'm going to come out and force my material on them every time. And then after, like, the third podcast, I was like, I'm fucking running out of material. Like, I can't come out and burn through this shit. I'm going to go do live shows. People are going to be like, they heard that on episode 27. Uh, and I'm kind of fucked. So uh, I wanted to I wanted to get some new blood out here into this business. So I'm going to bring up the first guy. I have known him for an incredibly long time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, and this isn't even going on a limb. I'm gonna say he is one of the most amazing uh, actors. Certainly one of the most amazing character actors. Something funny happened already. What's going on? What? What? God damn it! I can't help it, you guys. 
Give me a better word, you know? I'll just fucking whip out a thesaurus. I just need to find sublime, incredible, fantastical, delightful, a triumph. What? Titillating, that's a little sexy. Your, your next performer is quite titillating. It's George Takei. <laughs> he is, he's titillating. George Takei is titillating. This season of uh, True Blood, titillating. I had to go five minutes without some dude with, with, with his fucking pecs out. Now I know how women feel all the time about objectification. You watch True Blood, it's like, really? Another, does Jason Stackhouse have to be showing off his fucking eight pack again? Uh, anyhows, um, your next performer is, uh, uh, did you say fuckalicious? I love it. Your next performer is fuckalicious. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. David Kackner! Hey, how's it going? I've never been referred to as fuckalicious before. I think it was a guy that threw that out. <laughs> so I'm interested. <sighs> I'm kind of having a rough day. It's, it's one of those days, you know. But I have a saying that gets me through it, you know, on the tough days or the really hard ones. And there have been a lot of them lately. I'll just say this I say, fuck it, let's eat cheesecake. Am I the worst one? <laughs> What's that iced tea song? I'm on nightmare walking, cock, 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 cock colors. Look out, cheesecake, you don't have a chance. <laughs> I wish there was a cheesecake cleanse or something, you know? <laughs> Maybe there is, it's just called cheesecake. Fuck it, let's eat it. <laughs> I guess I would call mine, fuck you, skinny bitch. What are you looking at? Uh, anyway, I'm a little upset today because of Roy. I know it's confusing because my name's Roy and my boyfriend's name is Roy. And, you know, people will say, hey, how's Roy? And I'll say, do you mean me or my boyfriend, Roy? And they'll say it's rhetorical. <laughs> but I just say, well, I'm fine, but, you know, I think Roy's a mess. I'm not sure because I haven't seen him in a while, but probably a mess. Gosh, you should have seen him when he moved in. He saw my apartment, and right away he said, oh, my God, can I move in? And I said, yes. And he's been there ever since, except when he hasn't slept there, which is most of the time. <laughs> but I know he's there because I keep doing his laundry, and he keeps getting dirty. <laughs> so I hope they turn that thing over in this state, you know, that Prop 8. Then we can get married and then he has to come home. <laughs> My girlfriends are like, um, are you sure he's your boyfriend? I said, it's a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> Although it does enjoy just falling asleep to the news and go, oh yeah, I just fell asleep on the couch. But they'll go, uh, so 
what's the deal with Roy? We haven't met him. I said, yeah, well, he's hot. Don't worry about it. And they go, really? I said, you've seen the scratches on my back. <laughs> they don't need to know it's for my cat. <laughs> Screw it, right? But you know what? I just, I like to have fun. I love my girls. I love my girlfriends. You know, we always have a good time because none of their straight boys want to go dancing, and I, I just love it. I love to dance. I'm crazy for the floor, and I just get out there, you know. Ah, 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 all the single ladies, all the single ladies. You should have put a ring on it, right? <laughs> Screw it. Here's the deal, though. They say, maybe you should open it up, and I think maybe I should. Maybe, you know, Roy... I should challenge him a little bit and open things up, start dating or something. Maybe, maybe I'm bi, or maybe I'm straight, you know? And hey, let's go get some puss. <laughs> I mean, what do you do, just be mean to them? Is that right? Is that how it... I don't want to do that. I like my girls, you know? Um, but here's the thing, I've got a rule, and they, they know I'm not after they're men, yes I am. <laughs> am I the worst? I'm so bad. But here's the thing, I've got one rule with you straight boys if you ever wanna get with me. There's one rule. You can do anything you want to me. <laughs> am I the worst one you've ever heard of? If you've got cheesecake, you can do it twice. <laughs> I just like to get out. You know, I love the outdoors because I'm allergic to my cats, so I got to get out as much as I can. <laughs> just like to get out. A lot of times I just go to the park with the frizz, you know, the bee, the, the frisbee. <laughs> and so, you know, you'll be walking there, even though it's a two-person game at least, but if you walk to the park with a frizz, people are like, hey, man, that guy must want to start a party or something. <laughs> and so sometimes you just throw it wherever and see what happens. Sometimes a dog will take off with it. So I'll just walk up to a guy that's sunbathing or something and say, uh, your dog took my frizz. And they'll say, it wasn't my dog. But then we are, you know, we're stuck here in this conversation. He's laying there, you know, with his shirt off and his eyes closed and pretending I'm not there or something. And I get it. It's like, oh, he just wants to see me walk away. <laughs> All those dirty boys. I don't mind. I'll give him a treat. The other day I went to the movies because I'm a movie nut. I love it, you know. And, you know, us movie buffs, we love to go in the afternoon, right, where it's just like ours. It's like a private screening room for whatever your pleasure is. And so I went to Twilight the other day. Because I like to go, I like to go, you know, when all the little girls are done watching it. So I went to, um, you know, an afternoon show, and I brought a suitcase with me because I don't like their popcorn because there's not real butter on it. So I just bring my own, right? And so I'm going through the lobby, and this bitchy queen says, Uh, are you going somewhere? Because I had the suitcase, and I was like, Yeah, I have a business trip in another city right after this. First class. <laughs> then he's all like, well, you can't use another seat. We'll have to charge you for it. I said, well, then I'll just sit on the aisle and put, sit right next to the aisle and put it there. He goes, that's a safety hazard. So I just went in. 
so anyway, I get in the middle of the theater. That's where I, that's my domain, right? I sit right in the middle, and I open my suitcase, and I've got my popcorn, and I've got you know like I like put Junior Mints in and and milk duds, and I cut up a hot dog in there, you know, and <laughs> then I'll have a can of RC or something as well. But then here's the thing, there's this pet peeve thing that happened. There's a guy who's behind me, like two rows behind me, sits near me, I'm like, ah. but here's his deal. He starts smacking his gum. And I'm like, uh-uh. So I give him one of these. And for you podcast listeners, that was a half head turn. Because to me, a half head turn back towards someone, not a full one, means uh, I hear you. And he kept smacking and popping, so I did it again. That was another half head turn. And to me that means, please stop it now. I know it's you and you know that I know, so that's enough. Anyway, the movie's going on and I'm trying to ignore it. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. Remember halfway through the movie and you don't know, it's that one part you're like, oh no, is she gonna go with the wolf boy? Or is that other clan gonna get her? Is she gonna wind up in Arizona? Or is she gonna go to Seattle? What's gonna happen, right? And I got really nervous and I was about to cry because I, I wanted it to go well for her. And then I said to myself, out loud I guess, I said, buck up soldier, though I've never been in the army. <laughs> and then the guy behind me said, shut up, faggot. So I did. Then I sat there and I, I was thinking, you know, and I was thinking, and I said this under my breath, but I guess he heard it, and I said, you wouldn't say that if my boyfriend was here. And then he goes, you don't have a boyfriend. So then I stood up, I don't know what came over me. I stood up, I said, that's it. All right, you can insult me, but you cannot insult my boyfriend. And. I was just like, oh no. And then I, this came out. He's the one that's been smacking his gum. Although there wasn't anyone near us. They probably didn't hear it. There were only two other people way down front. But anyway, then he got really pissed. And then he starts leaving his aisle and he's going to come down mine. I'm like, oh my God. And I was just frozen with fear, right? I'm like, what's going to happen? I wanted to run, but I couldn't run. You know, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to meet an EMT with a fat lip. Just my luck, right? And then I wanted to leave, but... The other thing is I kicked off my clogs about halfway through the movie. And I knew there's no way I was gonna find them in the dark. And I just bought them, so I just didn't want to leave them. I was like, shit. So then there he is, he's walking, you know, like this. He goes, what'd you say to me and all this stuff? And then he comes walking, walking faster and faster, and boom, he trips on the suitcase. And he busts his chin wide open. I said, score one for the rainbow. And then I grabbed my clogs and I ran out of there as fast as you can run in clogs. <laughs> so don't tell me how it ends. I had to go back. It was Roy's suitcase, I just left it. <laughs> so I don't know, I'm out here looking for a hobby, maybe muscle cars, those are big. Or computers, people still do that, right? So I don't know, maybe I'll join the Marines or the Navy. Am I the worst one ever?
That's Roy, and for you uh, listeners, I was wearing a fat suit. <laughs> My kids love it, because they think they're gonna get to try it on, but they can't, it's daddy's props. They're like, why do you get to dress up on costumes, and I can't wear your costume? Well, first of all, the wig costs $700. So, my boy, the other day, I was trying the thing on the other day, and uh, uh, the wig, I put it down, and I went to lunch. I put it on this uh, styrofoam head in my closet, and it's gone. But there was a chair that had been pulled up into the closet. And I have a four-year-old son, one of the culprits, one of the suspects. We have four kids, but uh, he was the one that wanted to try the wig on the most. And uh, so I come back, and it's gone. We're looking around. Can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. So I sat down with Sergeant. I said, Sergeant, um, do you have Daddy's wig? <laughs> he said, no. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I have to. You, there are other wigs you can play with, but you can't play with Daddy's, that one. You know, not that one. Daddy needs that one. Will I get in trouble? No. No, you won't get in trouble. Do you know where it is? Okay. So he goes out. There's a playhouse in the back end of our backyard, and under that's a dusty old bench. And sure enough, this was Roy's wig. So I got that back from Sergeant. I, uh, my buddy thinks that I might be putting my weird on my kids because I do do characters around the house and clearly put on fat suits and wigs. And, uh, well, you got to try it out, right? They're a captive audience. I uh, used to work in an off-track betting parlor in Chicago, and there's a guy named Eddie who was a short order cook there. And, uh, you know, some people just think they're funny, and they want to tell jokes, and they shouldn't, and they know they shouldn't, but they can't help it, so they do it anyway. But halfway through their punchline, that's not really a punchline, it's not even a setup or a joke, they bail out and just go, no. <laughs> that was Eddie. <laughs> Eddie would say something like, hey, hey, uh... Hey, nice shoes. Old lady in the shoe, no. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you want to work for me? No. <laughs> Man, it worked, that band. Hey, land down under underwear, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> it'll be like an avalanche. You just never stop all day long. Eddie's just pumping them out. Pumping them out. <laughs> they never get better. Hey, Eddie, got an order for a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, hey, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Hey, that sketch from SNL 30 years ago, no. <laughs> hey, hey, say cheese, Ansel Adams. Ansel Adams says, How's, how did you get a cactus to smile? Say cheese, no. <laughs> hey, cheese whiz, what are you, what are you a wizard? Harry Potter, no. <laughs> Harry Potter, Potter's Field, it's a wonderful life. Hey. Hey, failed savings and loan, bank bailouts, Dow Jones, Star Jones is fat, no. Hey, Weight Watchers, Christy Alley's had a hard time keeping it off, no. Cheese Base, Hogwarts Academy, no. Hey, Academy, Police Academy, that sound effects guy, how does he do it? No. How's he doing? How do you do it? Ron Howard, no. 
Happy days, Fonzie. Hey, team, no. Hey, team, I pity the fool. Fool. Dan Quill doesn't know how to spell potato. Sometimes I put an E on it, too, no. Hey, Fonzie, sit on a potsy, no. Some kids are too young to remember that one. Too young. Carl Young, get your dick out of my dreams. No. Feel the dreams. Kevin Costner put his dick in the collective unconscious, no. Freud's a cokehead. Freud were prohibited, no. Prohibited prohibition, inhibitions, innuendo. Kevin Costner in the window, Mr. Brooks, no. Psychological thriller. Thriller, Michael Jackson, no. Jackson Pollock, stream of consciousness, con conscientious objection, Vietnam War, the world's water world, Kevin Costner, no. Untouchables, can't touch this. Don't touch me there, Michael Jackson. Don't speak ill of the dead, dead man walking. You talking to me? You, you talking to me? Robert De Niro analyzed this. You shouldn't have made analyze that, no. That's no raging bullshit, I just shit my pants, no. Yes, I did for real, no. Hey, raging bull, you fucked my wife? You fucked my wife? No, maybe, does she look like my mom? Edible complex. <laughs> Freud, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, no. Unless it's a cock in my dreams, Carl Jung. Carl Jung and the Restless, no. Any of the cruisers on the dark side of the moon, Pink, Pink Floyd's a better band. Band of Brothers Karabasov Brothers, no. Dostoevsky, Crime and Punishment, OJ, no. Hey, OJ, White Bronco, Billy Graham, and the Beaver Brown Band, no. Eddie and the Cruisers in the parking lot cruising for a BJ, no. BJ and the Bear. 70s reference. Head of Monkeys, a sidekick. Hey, we're the Monkeys. Jonas Brothers Monkeys and the Beaver Brown Band, no. Purity ring around their cock. I heard they got Hogwarts, no. Hogwarts, hogs, ham, bacon, Kevin Bacon, and an egg salad, toss my salad. What am I in prison? No, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, no. All right, I'm Debbie Kechner. Thanks for having me tonight. David Kechner, everybody. Not right, but I'm gonna try to let it go. All right, hang on. <laughs> Can't help it. Um, all right, guys, I would like to uh, another hand for David Keckner, by the way. Fantastic. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna put a picture up or something because then I feel like you know when people when I introduce David Keckner and then he comes out as Roy and you're gonna be like, does David Keckner get weird all of a sudden? <laughs> Um, I, there are, uh, there are, I, you know, this podcast isn't just me. Uh, there are, there are two other gentlemen who really make this happen. And I would like to introduce onto the stage right now, Mr. Matt Myra and Mr. Jonah Ray. 
There you guys sit down right there. In the middle, no, sit over there, yeah. This is, the this is the guest chair. Yeah, I know, but I want to get close to you. Oh, so I didn't even see you at Comic-Con. You were at Comic-Con? We were both at Comic-Con? He was down there for a hot minute. Uh, eight hours? Seven or eight I, was, hours? I was there since Wednesday. I spent way too much time there. I was there half the time it's of the commute. Yeah, you really were. It took, it took forever to get down there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I was talking to Brian Posehn about how um, we were surprised there aren't more fights in San Diego because... Sandy, like downtown San Diego is a predominantly jock culture. It's like well, there's like a bunch of like college jock, like you know, beachgoer type bros, and yeah. then there's like every serviceman ever. Yeah, and it's like a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they keep them all. That's, they all go there because you can, you know, you can rape and fight and not get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone, well, else, it's just like maybe a slight like, misrepresentation. No, no, no. That's how it happens down there. All right. Well, uh, it's like you know, the girl's gonna get uh, you know raped, and then the guy, she's like, oh, explain the guy. He was a beefy dude with a crew cut. Yeah, yeah. I can't really do anything about he had that. Collars popped up on a polo shirt. No, I didn't rape that girl. It was a prank, you know, like uh, like a fuck prank. Whatever. I'm a frat <laughs> guy. What do you want to Ha, you got fuck pranked. Yeah. Surprise, here's my penis. San Diego! <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm surprised, but it's like it's like, you know, they all come out at night, uh, all the all the jocks. The jocks come out at, at night. night. <laughs> the jocks come out at night. Um, they come out at night, but like uh, by that time all the nerds that uh, like you know like feel empowered during the day are all exhausted from walking more than they ever have in their lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also being in the sun more than ever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is the other part. Well, there was a, you know, I, the, did you guys hear there was a fight at, uh, at Comic-Con? You guys a, hear about this? You hear about this? There was a stabbing. <laughs> you guys, uh, this was in the news. Uh, <laughs> no, but it really was. Yeah. So there Hall was H. a... There was, there was in, in Hall H, and that, that was my panel that it happened at. I mean, it wasn't my panel. I was moderating a panel for... I missed the Chris Hardwick panel No, in there Hall was H. no Chris Hardwick panel. <laughs> yeah. Chris Hardwick did not draw 6,000 people to Hall H just to talk. I know. Oh, well, oh. you don't have to awe that. I don't, very few people can draw 6,000 people. I bet I could. Oh, shit. All right, Hall H next year, Jonah Ray's. <laughs> <laughs> the freeloader's guide, Jonah Ray. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I was moderating a panel for this movie called Paul. And, and the... Um, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. So... Yeah, the movie was written by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Greg Matola uh, directed, and Greg Matola, you know, directed Superbad. a bunch of Arrested Development and Superbad, and, and, and this panel was, was my, and this isn't name dropping, because I didn't really know any of these people, but, uh, so, like, down the panel was me, and then Greg Matola, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, um, Jason Bateman, Sigourney Weaver, uh, um, Jeffrey Tambor, Jeffrey Tambor, Seth Rogen, uh, and Joe, Joe Latrulio, and... It was an <gasps> I love that Latrulio got the yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the state got like, yeah. like <gasps> Sigourney Weaver, fat. <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> 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 Yeah, and so uh, I, I managed to get all these people together. There was the president, the United States was mm. there, Christ yeah. was resurrected, uh, Johann Gutenberg. I'd rather not. And, uh, and Mario Lopez. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Now that I'm equating Latrulio with Mario Lopez. You can Lopez. access my Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, What's your Hollywood? It's my anus. Oh. <laughs> Are you the worst one? <laughs> <laughs> the worst one ever. <laughs> so, all right, so, this is great. This is Steel Keckner's bit. So, uh, so yeah, so we're in Hall H. We're about to go on stage to do this to do this panel, and uh, someone comes back, and they're like, "We're gonna go back up to the green room. There was a stabbing." And we're like, "What?" 
And so there was a stabbing. But in true nerd fashion, what happened was they were fighting out, two nerds were fighting over a seat. One guy kicked another guy. And so the other guy just took out a uh, mechanical pencil and sank it into his face. Oh, wow. Mechanical pencil. Only Way to go, nerds. They're selling fucking alien battle axes on the floor, <laughs> and you have to attack someone with a weapon that has to be clicked to activate. Yeah. Was, he, uh, was he doing a magic trick? Is like, was he dressed up like the Joker? He was dressed up like the yeah, Joker. Yeah. I can make this disappear, sink. Um, yeah, you know that you have to check, you have to check your weapons there. You have to, there's a place to go to if you have like a Klingon battle axe of some sort. It's you called know. a bat lift. What? No. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. He's yeah, not well, a, it is. He's not, uh, I don't know, I don't know who should feel more ashamed in this scenario. Uh, yeah. But there was, there was a stabbing and there was blood and they had to, like, uh, you know, they had to, like, stop the panel and... But who called dibs on the seat? Who won? <laughs> Probably not the guy bleeding out of his eye. No, I think he's like, no, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. See the ball panel. See the ball panel. So they got led away in his Harry Potter T-shirt. I saw that picture. What? Of the guy handcuffed with his Harry Potter. Oh yeah, the Harry Potter T-shirt on. Awesome. Oh, so talent. That's what he should have used a stunning spell, and then the other guy wouldn't have been able to stab him. Next time. Next time. So they usher us upstairs, and I mean, I. To the, the concentration of crazy, insane, famous people in this, one, in this one green room was ridiculous. So we all go back up there with this load of famous people, and then there's another load. It's like Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig and Olivia Wilde and Joss Whedon and John Favreau, and they're talking to Sigourney and Jeffrey Tambor and... Was Joe LaChute? Joe LaChute! <laughs> no, but Joe and I are standing off to the side and just watching this and going like... Do we shit our pants now, or should we leave the room f- to do that? Because it was it was so overwhelming. I've just never seen that. If that Comic Con blows up, Mario Lopez is the most famous person. Oh my God! That's when the terrorists will win. <laughs> so uh, I could, you could really take away like a lot of like future technology if you just blow up Comic Con. I don't know how much technology. Wait, no, if you just like you know, it's like a bunch of nerds, like young people, go to this thing, and like they might go on to like you know, cure something or develop something great for the world. But then you know, if you blow up fucking <laughs> what Comic Con, wait, what are they going to? I don't know why I'm thinking of ways to wait, kill. Wait, 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 what, what? <laughs> What's what's gonna what what's go, what is gonna get cut in the timeline if you blow up Comic Con like a bunch of characters that people made up that no one's ever no, heard no, of? No, it's like you know I, I'd imagine there there you must be. You will cut steampunk out at the knees. Oh please, <laughs> I wish. No, that's if you take out Burning Man or Maker Fair. That's when you that's oh, when yeah, the, that's yeah. when the major steampunk movement gets fucking amputated. Think about Comic Con. Oh know. my God, it was a brass wasteland. <laughs> all the all the brass and acid burned metals. What are we gonna do? All those goggle glasses. Oh, oh, yeah. God. All those th- all those things they make that look like steampunk that don't work. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so, uh, did you see any panels that you liked? Did you see anything? Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't. I was I was very underwhelmed by the thought of a panel because it's like you know, you go to a panel. No, that like, means you were just whelmed. I was whelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were whelmed. I was. Uh, you know, you go to a panel and you're just like you wait. You, you can wait in line and then you sit in a room. I know how then, panels work. No. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're waiting in line. You're waiting in line <laughs> to go to your own Paul panel. <laughs> well, I had to after the mechanical pencil stabbing. Sure. Yeah. Wait in line to get back no, but it's like it's a what are you, what are you going to see there that you're not going to see the next day on the internet. You know, kind of takes away a lot of the flair of it. I'm sorry, did I just ruin Comic Con for everybody? No, I thought, <laughs> I thought I thought I thought Comic Con I thought Comic Con was a lot of fun. I, I, I had fun. I bought like a, a pointless thing. 
I bought, oh. <laughs> I bought this like thing that looks like an oil painting that's about this big for our listening audience. This big, uh, and it's not like, that big. Yeah, yeah. Did it look like this big. thing that's in my hand right now? <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but it was, it was like a, a, a prop. I was told, I was told it was from Cabin Boy. <laughs> what? I'm listening. Now let's bring out the mime for the podcast. I, uh, <laughs> This guy's a great ventriloquist on radio. <laughs> I think you just said ventriloquists. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> Which is how ventriloquists pleasure themselves. <laughs> hey, somebody take care of me. His lips, his lips aren't moving. Come on. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. That's a solid, filthy ventriloquist joke. <laughs> solid, filthy ventriloquist joke. You know what, though? You were fucking spot on with Walking Dead. Walking Dead oh, looks so amazing, in. you guys. Yeah, it looks, it's, uh, the trailer seems to uh, show that it's going to be the best zombie thing ever made. I mean, I know, I know we slobber all over AMC's knob, but I mean, like, when you think about... <laughs> I need more hats, Chris. <laughs> more AM, Jonah got an AMC hat, because talk, we talked about AMC. But, you know, they got Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and then freaking The Walking Dead. Like, yeah. And, th- 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 and what Comic-Con reminded me is that we are in a part of our cult, like, nerd culture rules when our soap operas are and about... And culture drools. But we're at a time when, when our soap operas have vampires, zombies, they're fucking aliens yeah. in them. I mean, these, these, are, the, these are the shows that are, are our soap operas. We like, did it! We, we did, did it! it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Dynasty and Knots Landing. We got True Blood <laughs> and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> So that's that's really exciting, Matt. Did you? Yeah. I, I actually I had Matt Myra come down to record a thing that I did with the MythBusters, and then when he got down there, I realized I had forgotten the power cable on my recorder. So uh, Matt basically just sat for ten hours in traffic to come to a panel. <laughs> it was really exciting. It was a good yeah. panel. No, but I somehow went, went to Comic Con and left with five more dollars than I got there with. Oh. And I realized I was not that much of a nerd because none of the merchandise was appealing to me. And I was just, the whole time I was just avoiding smelling everything. Oh. You, because and we were it, walking around for a little bit. It is so... Yeah, it's The rank. body odor is, you, you hear it described, and you're like, oh, it's not, no, not that bad. Yeah, it but, is that bad. By Saturday afternoon, you're just swimming in a, like a thick air. Because it's so around. hot, and they are all at least twice the size of me, which is... <laughs> 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 they're large. Yeah, they're, they're big. Yeah, they're, but... But overall, I think it was a really good Comic-Con. And I think some people say, well, too commercial now. But I feel like, you know, they had big superstars for people to see. But then at the same time, there's still, like, there's still the aisle that has all the action figures in the comic. And in that aisle, I saw Malcolm McDowell just sitting there signing to no one. Oh, really? (laughs) It was just Malcolm McDowell surrounded by some... I was, wa- I was walking through this really thin aisle, uh, like, like really just like a tiny aisle. I don't know where, like, what block it was, but like, there was this guy in a t- at this table going, "Who needs an autograph of the Black Power Ranger?" And then, <laughs> <laughs> wow! And then just nothing. My, just favorite, nothing. my favorite booth of a guy to get an autograph from was the uh, voice of one of the Rice Krispies. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it was either Snap Crackle or Pop. Oh, Pop! It was oh. probably Pop. It was probably Pop. It was oh. probably Pop. Oh God. Um, <laughs> That is weird. It was very weird. <laughs> oh, the best, the, one of the best things I saw was the first night, uh, the Wednesday, the preview night, where there was, a, there was like a whole huge thing full of uh, 20-sided dye, and there was just this kid that went up to it like it was the fountain of youth and just dug his hands into it just and so just let them all it. run through his fingers. <laughs> oh, this is what it's about. Hey. This is what I've heard of. 
<laughs> hey, Sweatstein, you gotta buy all those. You put your gummy mints all over that. Oh, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, we'll see once I roll for initiative. <laughs> throw them all out. Flank. Um, well, I think uh, I think we've talked enough uh, nerd nonsense at the top of the show. Uh, I want to bring on our guest because he's here, and uh, we should definitely be talking to him. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Fred Willard. <laughs> Boy, at this table, it looks like we could solve a lot of the world's problems just sitting here. Yes. Right? I'm seeing around uh, Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill. With the whole world. That's exactly. Stalin, yes. You're... Polio. Yeah. <laughs> Mustache. And we did an MC. What are, what are your thoughts, Mr. Roosevelt? Oh, well. Uh, funny story about World War II. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Hitler? I don't know. He disappeared. They say he died. He, there was a crack in time, and he erased from existence. The end. It's going on in Doctor Who. Um, well, this was all very interesting. Comic Con. Yeah. Did you go? You? Did no, you go? I did not. I, did, I, I wasn't even aware it was on. I read all about it. And I, yes. I missed it. Jeez. Then you heard about Joe Latrulio, and you're yeah. like, let's go oh, fuck some shit up. I had eight by tens. I wanted signed. No, I don't know who, who is he. I really don't know who he is. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're familiar with the popular MTV sketch comedy show, The State. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. great, great, yeah. great, great. It yeah. was on for a season and a half. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> in in the early 90s. 90s. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Joe, Joe's, uh, Joe's in this movie. He's super funny, super funny guy, and, uh, and a good friend of mine, and, uh, and very sweet. And, uh, but fuck that guy. He's dead to us. Let's move on. This is about you, Fred Willard. No, 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 no. Let's talk more about Joe. Move, please. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, <laughs> I saw you. Uh, I actually got to meet you up at uh, Montreal. Montreal, that was fun. The comedy festival up there. That's that was really great. That was yeah, great. Was a lot of fun. Yeah. You guys did a second city panel. Yeah, yes, we did. And we had to, they they got an award. We had to give it to Andrew Alexander, who's the owner of Second City. So it was a good excuse to be up there. And you know, you get there, and suddenly I wasn't that enthused about going. Oh, we went up, we flew. And suddenly you see the, the lineup. Who's there? Oh, God, we've got to see this. It's like a kid in a candy store. I've got to see this. Hey, they go on at 7. This show goes on at 9.30. And, and so you're rushing around to see as many things as you saw. We, we saw Louis Black. Uh -huh. We saw a new Faces show, which is always interesting to see what people are doing. Yeah. Uh, who else do we see? <laughs> Those uh, people have much newer faces than newer anyone faces, else. Newer uh, faces, yes. A lot, not, a lot of times old material, but new faces. <laughs> <laughs> just that occasional, occasional fuck, you know. Montreal, how the fuck are you? And that's, but I found something very interesting. The people who... Uh, um, and that would get a big response at first, but as late as a lot of the actor X uh, were, were not uh, uh, X-rated, but they, they got more laughs. So people just appreciate, you know, comedy is comedy. It'll see us way through. Yeah. Despite, yeah. But it's we, still we, fun. We filth it up a lot on this podcast. I don't know. Oh, if really? That, I don't not know if that's that a crush. much. I've been listening. I have the eight-second buzzer over there. They, Mr. Willard, do you want to do the, the uh, delete? Oh, yeah, I didn't see anything to delete. Oh, wait. Chris, <laughs> Chris said the F word. Uh, it's too late. It went through. It went out. <laughs> So who else was I, I saw? Did I see Tim Kazarinski on the Tim panel? was there. Tim Kazarinski, uh, Joe Flaherty. Remember? Oh that? yes, of oh, course. How I love Joe. Count Floyd. Count Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good Lord, I haven't seen him in years. And who else? Well, we saw Louis Black, uh, Andy Kindler doing his yep. state of the uh, the industry. That's always funny. Yep. And um, 
Then we had the tag that lets you in every show until the last night we went up to a gala and found out that didn't let you into the gala. Oh, they so, didn't let you in the gala? Yeah, so we went back home. It was late anyway. Were you dressed up for the gala? Uh, no, it's not that okay. kind of gala. Right. It's just right. no. Sorry, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's your gala. It's a gala in name only. It's no, not no, actually no. a to do. Very little gay. There's no gayness there. No, 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 no. With a cigarette, my ticket. We know what time does the show start? You know, it wasn't like the Bozarts Ball or something. Uh, Is that the beluga? Yes. <laughs> Is it, uh, uh, have you been to, you must have been to Montreal before. I've right? been there several times uh, to do different things. The most interesting time, I went there once and we're doing something much like you're doing, only it was on a video and I got to interview every comic as they came off stage, which was great. And I would try to see their act and I talked to Dave Attell and uh, Howie Mandel. I mean, I, I just w was looking through pictures. I talked to everybody there. It was, it was great fun, just for about four or five minutes. Yeah. Just in time that I didn't run out of questions. Uh, <laughs> so what's your favorite color? Oh, that's not right. Oh. <laughs> what's uh, the funniest thing that ever happened to you? Uh, but no, but it was just enough to stay interesting. Howie, do you blow a glove up on your face still? <laughs> just <laughs> the first time I ever saw him was at Toronto, uh, whatever that, the comedy clubs are. Yuck it Yucks, was, probably. Yuck Yucks. Yeah. It, I didn't know that was his whole act. He came out of the... <laughs> <laughs> but it was really the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And it's a funny thing for this, uh, for this, these, this internet. The producer came to me and says, Howie Mandel doesn't want to be interviewed. I said, oh, okay. He says, but you know him, don't you? I said, well, kind of. Could you talk to him? I said, oh, geez, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. So I said, okay. So I went over across the street into his dressing room, and he was very kind of sullen at first. I said, Howie, and we talked, and then finally I said, I saw you in Toronto. That's the funniest act I ever saw. And he just warmed up. And all of a sudden, he says, I'll be on your show if you want. Nice. Yeah. So he came out, and we had a great time. We talked for about 15 minutes. It was really great. Don't fucking touch him, though. He'll lose his mind. Like, I, I don't know can't. if he had that problem then. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because he came in and he's holding a dog turd in his hand. He says, look what I almost stepped uh, yeah, in. See, exactly. I almost, get that? So look what I almost stepped in. It was probably it's after an old that. joke, it yeah. It was probably after that that yeah. happened, that he developed that. Hepatitis, Hepatitis. <laughs> Uh, I, I, heard, I heard the weirdest cat call that I've ever, not to me, uh, but, in, my, in, my, but in, uh, in Montreal there was a group of women walking by and what would be stereotypically a carload of uh, douchebags uh, <laughs> drove by and one of them leaned out the window and said to this woman, do you have a husband? Which I thought was like a really, yeah, it's douchey, but it's, it's a very polite, polite question very to polite, ask. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend a little while than that, they were driving down an alley and there was a prostitute in the alley throwing up, just throwing up. And he rolled, he rolled down the window and he says, how much? <laughs> is this my water? Uh, is this a water? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. water for you. I don't want to drink it, but I just have a plant. You know, I got a water at the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These things, you let them go in this heat, they'll die. <laughs> Not bad. So when I, when, I saw you, when I saw you in Montreal, it was funny because one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, you said to me, geez, everyone's asking me how comedy has changed after all, you know, after all these years. And I was like, fuck, I was going to ask you that. So no, let's talk about it. How has comedy? Well, you, there's comedy, Comic Con. You're more in the shows. I don't know how it's changed. I don't know yeah, how yeah. it is changed. I don't know. It's I mean, so what was, what, what was it? I mean, of, of course, like there, there's some basic elements that are still the same. But like, what's the landscape like? You know, when did you when did you start? When did you actually start doing uh, improv sketch? When did you start? Wow, I was in Second City years ago, and it scared me to death. They asked me to be in their company. I, I started out. I worked with another guy. We we had a comedy, uh, you know, just co comedy sketches, mm -hmm. and then our act broke up. And I suddenly got invited to go to uh, up and audition for them. At the time, you could just go and audition with Robert Klein. You know Robert yep. Klein. And um, we did it. And um, 
Now, they hired me for six months and kept me for another six months. But at the time, everything was much more PG. You know, you couldn't say shit. You couldn't say anything. On right. It was very structured. And now it's much, much looser. Uh-huh. And um, uh, so I don't know. I was just mentioning this. I had to do some kind of benefit at the, uh, the improv. And I pointed out that comedy, where does it go? I was pa- walking past a pair of transvestites on uh, Melrose Boulevard. And one turned to the other and said, tell me truthfully, does this dress make my penis look small? <laughs> and I said, I had never, you know, there's no, been no exploration of that sort of humor, transvestite humor. And it's, it's uh, there was some work done in that category. Someone was working on a story about two women in an apartment building. Uh-huh. One said to the other, I think my son is having an affair with another gentleman. And she said, oh, really? And he, she says, no, O'Reilly. But they were not able... <laughs> They were not Chris. This is a true story. That... <laughs> no, good, thank you. I'm sorry. You wanted the plant. Yeah, wanted the plant. Wait, I'm full. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, that's uh, no more jokes. Let's get this whole situation Let's get this solved. Yeah, there right. must be some situation we can solve here. What's the latest thing? Those councilmen in Bell, is that where it is? Bell? Yeah, yeah, I think so. What happened to the oil crisis? That's kind of forgotten now. Yeah, no, you know, right? everyone got excited about it yeah. for a while. Everything's fine. Yeah. They capped it. Yeah. yeah. They capped it. Then Lindsay went to jail. She's probably out. Now these people in Bell, let's concentrate on And now, where's comedy going? What, what, in which direction? The transvestite comedy. Great for the gay community. Great for the transvestite community. Right. Great for the comedy community. There right. There you go. That's it. Let's move on to the Fred next Willard call. in 2012. The next topic. <laughs> we just covered everything. Just, just about everything. There's no more problems. We just solved, yeah. we just solved everything. Right you were right. Yeah. yeah, this is great. So I saw, I saw you and uh, in Aspen, I saw you and Martin Mull like 10 years ago maybe do a Fernwood reunion. Was, was it about, 10, was, was years about 10 years ago? That was yeah. great fun. Or 2001 yeah. maybe? It was yeah. like nine years ago. Yeah, nine years ago. He's great. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. You know, Martin is a, as an artist. He plays a guitar. He's... Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a, a long time ago. It's amazing to me how many people come up and say, hey, I remember you on Fernwood tonight. So, uh, but they, they'll usually say, I was just in junior high school, you know, and my parents let me watch. And I, I said, well, we were all young. <laughs> my mom used to bring me to the set. And I, had to have a, I had to have a tutor. You, know, yeah, you had to have a parent on yeah. the set. Yeah. So, what, so when, you're, when, you're, when you're doing that show, was it, was it a show that... Uh, did you come up with it together, or did you get cast on the show? What was I was just... They called me in, and... Uh, they said, uh, everyone said, you, you'd be just right. You're going to be this, this co-host. It's like a spoof of the Tonight Show. And I didn't want to do it because I'd done some pilots called Space Force or Sa- Space. I was going to be a, you know, a sitcom store. And I said, ah, I don't really want to do it. So they said, well, just stay around for about a week. We're going to just do some run-throughs until we find someone else. Mm-hmm. So in sitting there going through it, I said, this is very funny stuff. And Martin was very funny and the writers were very good. And uh, finally, at the end of the week, I said, I'd like to be, uh, stay, stay with this. And it was only supposed to be on one year, and they, it was called Fernwood Tonight. And so many of the celebrities who were Norman Lear's friends, mm-hmm. uh, Carol Burnett and Burt Lancaster and all these people were, loved it and wanted to be on it. So they said, well, how do we explain that this show is coming from a little town in Ohio? So they changed it to a little uh, town in California and renamed the show America Tonight. Mm-hmm. And all these celebrities came on and did it. So it was great fun. We did two seasons. Well, it was, I, well the thing that I read about it was that it was, uh, it was Norman Lear. It was like a summer replacement for Mary Hartman. For Mary, Mary Hartman, Hartman, yeah. Which I was, I can never remember. Was Mary Hartman a sitcom? If, I remember watching it as a kid yeah. and, and, and feeling like it was, it was oh, it had, they just had that Norman. You thought it was a reality show. Well, Norm, Norman Lear, like sometimes, you know, he would drift into the serious. You yeah, know, oh, so it, yeah, it was very yeah. gritty and very, and very real. Yeah, and, and, and we did, uh, yeah, we did, uh, they, they got anyone they wanted. They had Tab Hunter, they had Shelley Berman, anyone they wanted, they would get on. Joe Trilio? 
No, he was too young. He was a kid. He claims he was too young, but I think he's lying about it. I looked at his birth certificate. Where's that plant? It's over there. My plant died. So, too much water. Gotta keep on it. Too much water. Did you ever do stand-up? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. In a long, to make a long story short, the key is to people. Make it long. We got a lot of time. Okay. It, when people come to see you, it's great. Mm-hmm. And I went out and, uh, um, uh, much like Tom Kenny's going to do, he's got some music. I love to do to music. I might ask Tom if I could sing a song. You should. Yeah, yeah, what the heck? He's What's he going to do? Say no? Oh, look like whoa. a complete dick. I'll do a walk on, do yeah. a Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone expect, except, that, oh, get off the stage. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Mr. Willard has wet himself. No, I was watering my plant. Come on. It was a bit. It was a, bit. It was a routine. What the, um, what's the point? But if you hit uh, like a late show uh, where, the, where the audience comes, they don't know you and they've been drinking, it's tough. Yeah. I, was, I had a, like a 45-minute act I did in 20 minutes one night. But I knew, a, uh, but I have a thin skin, and I, I'm not the kind of comic who'll stay on to get an audience. If they're not laughing... It's like having a, uh, with a girlfriend, you know, she doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to cooperate, I'll go under the next girl. I don't want to try to win over the audience. No, 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 I just, I just hold on with all four limbs, oh, do I'm you? like, I'm going to grind your will into a nub. Oh, boy, until the police are called. Yeah, yeah they have to yeah, pull yeah. me off, that's kind of how my Then you got a whole are. Mel Gibson thing. Yeah, What yeah. was he thinking of with that girl? I remember what was he thinking of? Oh, it's just what? a prank, remember how funny Mel Gibson was with his practical joking? My favorite, my favorite part of the Mel Gibson tapes is when he can't hear her and he goes, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Mel. But oh, I, don't think, I don't think she was a gift either. I wouldn't I, I, I might have, have... Oh, they're both awful. So, That's oh, right there. Who knows? There's a sitcom for next year, Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> Mel and what's her name? I, who knows? What's my point? There's a, there was a comic I know, Bill Kirkenbauer, the funniest guy. He was kind of a bald-headed guy. He did an impression he of a on, garbage... He was on Just the Ten of Us. Yeah, yeah, I guess, was, yes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he did an impression of a garbage truck. I mean, this guy was physically, you know, with a... With a and he said one day, day a guy, one night a guy was sitting in the front row and said, when are you going to start to be funny? And I said, geez, if they could say that to Bill Kirkenbauer, you know, if anyone said that to me, I'd say, I don't know. Well, you know, can you come back in a few months? <laughs> I'm trying. They don't want to hear that from a comic. I'm trying. Is anything you like? Would you like it? <laughs> well, as you go out, there's a list. Just give your comments. They don't want to hear that with a comic. No, 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 no. no, no. Like, How are you, Montreal? We're the best fucking town. <laughs> well, you start saying, any notes, any suggestions for my next act? <laughs> I just, if anything for me didn't fly in Montreal, I would just, I would just say, like, like, uh, désolé, which means I'm sorry. Uh, 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 je suis un American stupide. Like, I'm a stupid American. And then applause break. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He spoke French to tell us he's stupid. What a charmer. <laughs> Bill Kirkenbauer also used to do an impression of a bowling ball because he was bald. Yes. And then he would, like, he would just get into a ball and roll across the yeah, stage. He Remember great. he would do the thing where he had the, you know, the toilet seat covers? Yes, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, push his over. head through the yes, uh, yes. Very entertaining. Look it up on YouTube. It's yeah, very it's funny. It's probably on the YouTube. It's on there. Someone told me that uh, Lucy, uh, Lucille's balls... Husband. Whoa, what? Lucille's balls. What? That's a... Lucy, I put the apostrophe yes in the wrong place. Lucille balls. That's a transvestite. That's a, that's a transvestite. That's a queen. Yeah. That's a... Lucille's balls. Lucille ball that's that computer. Lucy... Yeah. Anyway, her husband... What was his name? Gary... Uh, Desi Arnaz? No, no. Oh, her real husband. They said, 
No, no, I'm, no, no. Am I thinking the wrong? No, uh, Ricky Ricardo. She married after Desi Arnaz. Jerry Morton. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Morton. How dare you interrupt your show with facts we're searching for? Let us, let us find it. Come on up here. We need some help on this panel. <laughs> but they said, no, to me, he was just an old-time comic that I didn't know. He never seemed to talk. They said he did an impression of Boris Karloff bowling. And he said, watch this. <laughs> Which is very, I said, my God, I would have paid to go see that. That's just one joke like that. <laughs> Do your Gary Morton. I don't know what you mean. The, the bowling, the Boris Karloff. Oh, that was the first show. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, uh, did, you, uh, did you ever work with Lucille Ball? No, never met her. I remember when I was starting out, she was at a TV studio, and I was running the other uh, studio to meet Lucy, Lucy, and I had no interest, but it, it, I wasn't... <laughs> it, no, when I was younger, when I was younger, I didn't watch that much TV, but now I remember um, meeting Bob Hope. I was in an a, um, elevator. I was in... Uh, where was I? Where was I? San Diego. Where was he? Sa San Diego. Where was I? <laughs> Toronto. Dayton, Ohio. Vancouver. One of those towns. And I was in the elevator, and Bob, I was doing a Steve Martin movie, Roxanne. Oh, yes. And I got in the elevator, and Bob Hope was standing there. It was just him and a young woman who I assumed was his daughter. And I turned around. And I, <laughs> and I, no, I think it was. Everything it was. He was. And I was there, and I suddenly said, what is wrong with you? I've got to say hello to Bob Hope. I mean, he's a legend. So I turned around and said, Mr. Hope, I'm Fred Willard. And I had to qualify. I said, I'm here working with Steve Martin. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I'm from <laughs> Cleveland also. He was from Cleveland. So I shook his hand. So it's a, you know, a, a moment I, I cherish now, having met him in the elevator, just the three of us. And so it's a, you, know, you meet someone like that. So the moment was kind because of, sometimes we'll talk on this podcast about like meeting more, you know, we talk to famous people. It's always fun to hear about when they meet more famous people and like well, what the Bob Hope like. is was so legendary. Then I got off the elevator and there, there was a lobby, a completely empty lobby, and the young lady he was with went off somewhere. And there was Bob Hope standing, looking in the shop window, just like twenty feet off of the the main boulevard. And it was so it's so it's a weird moment. If I'd had a camera, I would have got the silhouette shot. You know, Bob <laughs> Bob Hope. Uh, where was I? Vancouver. I think. Yeah, yeah I think it was Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Vancouver. Do you know Eugene Levy? Yes. He tells a funny story. If you know Eugene Levy, he's very shy and very withdrawn. And he said he went up with uh, Dave Thomas once to meet Bob Hope. And they went into his hotel room. And Eugene Levy, Levy mustered up all his, uh, you know, hosp. And he went up and says, Mr. Hope, I am Eugene Levy. I just want to say you are a comedy icon. I can't tell you what a thrill it is to meet someone like you who has done so much to influence comics like me. And it's just a pleasure to meet you. And Bob Hope went, huh? <laughs> and if you know Eugene, he probably, oh, God, I got to start this all over again. <laughs> Where was I? It's, uh, I'm Eugene Levy. How are <laughs> circus lupus, the circus of wolves. <laughs> my favorite, it's my favorite SCTV sketch. Um, it, it was, uh, what was it, the, the something, someone's house of used fruit was this Eugene Levy sketch. And if you came about the used fruit, you would get tickets to Circus Lupus, the circus of wolves. <laughs> they just cut to this shot of these two, like, like what looked like photoshopped wolves in front of a beach ball. Like, it was... <laughs> the let, let me just... Let's just describe sketches we like for the rest of the show. Like, it's like describing far side cartoons. <laughs> and then there's the bear, and he's angry, but he's smoking a cigarette. And a cow well, walks in. And a cow. Yeah. I'll tell you, the most influential comic, Rodney Dangerfield, because he's the only one I know who people, even if they're not comics, would stand in groups repeating Rodney Dangerfield jokes. Yeah. And you don't hear that often. Occasionally, you'll think of someone's joke. Yeah. I tend to remember if someone has a, a story they tell, but Rodney just. 
I saw him in Vegas a few times. 45, 50 minutes of just one-liners. It's insane. You don't think you can do. You don't think you can listen to someone do one-liners yeah. that long. But no. but he was amazing. I got to see him a couple times at the Laugh Factory. But oh yeah. I saw him when he was drunk. You should see him when he's drunk. <laughs> I couldn't even describe what he said to two young twin girls in the audience. So I've always, even a podcast, I can't tell you, it's too rough. I told my dentist, I told my dentist I had yellow teeth. What did he suggest? He said, wear a brown tie. I, <laughs> but that's what I mean. You could just think of his jokes and go on and on. Did, now, because I feel like Stand-up has sort of when you when you look at stand-up in the last forty years, you know, there are definitely peaks and valleys where stand-up was. Good, good and cool, mm-hmm. and then it kind of fell back out. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with sketch improv, do, do, you, do you see patterns like that, or is is because it's more of an actor? Well, what's happened, improv has taken off. When I started out, I was with Second City. There was Second City, there was the committee, mm-hmm. and that was about it. Sketch, I mean, there were a few sketch shows in, in New York, and now every city you go to, there's three or four improv. Everything is improv now, because I think it's easier just to get a bunch of guys. We could get up and do an improv show. Right. Get David Keckner out here and give us a topic, and uh, yeah. you know, we can go for five or six minutes. You don't have to memorize something. And some of them, it scares the heck out of me, because if you go and see them, uh, and they're bad, you're sweating. Uh, you're yeah, trying yeah, to root. Yeah. And if they're good, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Say, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Should I do this? Wait a minute. They must have rehearsed this. So it's a, it's a, like a no-win situation. But if they're really good, it's amazing to see people. And, that, you, and you really appreciate it because, I mean, it, it, it's not just... Because like, there's some MTV show just like, oh, let's get these cool guys who are funny to do improv games. Wilding like, Out? Wilding Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck that show. In the face. <laughs> that yeah. show, man. Yes it's and horrible. double fuck it. Uh, <laughs> just gave yes and. I'm just, I'm missing all this. Was that a show? Wild yeah, Out? Yeah, it was a show. Yes. Uh, who is it? Lil Bow Wow? Who, who was oh. it? No, no, I think oh, it was, was it Nick, Nick Cannon, Cannon, I think. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. And like, yeah, he was, it was just bad. It was really, What? <laughs> Uh, the Google engine is powering our audience tonight. <laughs> oh, it's just Bow Wow now. Wouldn't Sorry, that, that's what wouldn't they were Wouldn't that air back-to-back with, like, Yo Mama? Like, that was the worst yeah. two shows ever. It was just Wil- Vilmer Valderrama hosting a show where people would insult each other's mothers. Yep, that's right. <laughs> well, you've, you've sort of broken that. <laughs> I think maybe you've oversimplified. <laughs> it was essentially. <laughs> I, love, I love how this is, like, the whitest guy describing snaps. So you're just insulting each other's mothers? <laughs> It's a bat lift. <laughs> His mother is so fat, she probably has diabetes. That's not funny. <laughs> it's probably hard for her just to walk around Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Comic-Con, a completely different con. It's for communists. Yeah, it's for communists. Oh, that's what done you. We love this Thor. <laughs> um, so... I mean, I, I wrote down all your credits here because there, I want. Oh, wow. I, there are so many shows and, and movies that I want to talk. I want. Good I would Lord. love to talk about Real People for a second, which was a show that I loved. Did you really? Yes, I loved. That was. Real a, People. I don't know if you remember. That was when in the eighties, late seventies, early eighties, like and Skip Stevenson. Skip, and, who's uh, passed away. Uh, yeah, uh, there. But uh, uh, who else? I forget. Uh, my mind's blue. But it was. It was the first show of that type to do a reality show mm-hmm. and and cover people and. Uh, a magazine-type show. We showed uh, clips, uh, screen tests, and mm-hmm. that was George Slaughter who did uh, Laugh In. And right, it right, was right. Really amazing. And I was on that and off. I quit, and then I came back, and I quit. And I, you know, it was on uh, every time. Uh, but it was a, a great show to be on. It seemed like a fun. I mean, I, I always. Do you guys remember Real People? Or are you too young to remember Real People? Some of you remember. Real... <clears throat> You'll remember it now because we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> real People. Google it. It must be. It must be. <laughs> that must be somewhere. You must be available somewhere. Real People. Oh, sure, I'm sure it is. All over I don't Bruce, know. Look around. Real people are. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> no, Jonah, it's a show. No, you're at the show. Just every day, you run across. What? 
Uh, it was very structured, very planned. It wasn't just DC, <laughs> DC Follies was another show. That was fun. That should still be on. That was life-size puppets. Yep. And I was the only human being on there. I was the bartender. <laughs> it was set in Washington, D.C. I remember. And we, did, we were in the Christmas parade once, and they had the puppet of Dolly Parton, Cher, and, uh, someone, and Whoopi Goldberg. And we were in a car... And every time we'd come to a One stop... One of these things does not belong. <laughs> but they were life-size, very realistic life-size puppets. And a reporter came up and stuck his, his microphone in front of their face. And, How are you enjoying the parade? And what he didn't realize, there was no one there to do their voice. Because oh. of the Christmas parade. I said, Dolly's tired now. She's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful show. And it, it was very topical. And three people did all the voices. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Did they so. give you any of the uh, DC Follies? But there should have been a DC Follies uh, thing at Comic-Con. Yeah, but it's off the air. It's gone. But we oh, could have okay. brought it back. We could have brought it back. It would have been great. The yeah. internet can bring stuff back. It brought back Family Guy. Why can't we bring back yeah. DC Follies? Mm. Get on it, nerds! <laughs> um, then, of course, you fell in with... Uh, or maybe you were already... How did you, how did you get hooked up in the, in the whole Christopher Guest uh, uh, clan? I'm not quite sure. Uh, let's see... Um, I was in, uh, I was in uh, Spinal Tap, uh -huh. kind of through uh, Rob Reiner. I've then, heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a movie with, uh, with uh, Eugene Levy mm -hmm. called Sodbusters, which was a spoof on Shane. Okay. And um, then I... Um, Just a guy they knew named Shane. <laughs> <laughs> he was really? angry, too. Yeah, well, you're doing a whole movie about me? <laughs> that sucks, man. That sucks. It's going to be way too inside. Yeah. Way too inside. <laughs> um... And then he just called me out of the blue and said, we're doing this movie down in Austin, Texas. And he said, it's going to be all improvised. And I said, oh, that's great. No, no dialogue, nothing to memorize. And I said, oh, geez, you've got to come up with it all yourself. So uh, I did that. And I did, did, well, I did that and uh, Mighty Wind and Best in Show and uh, For Your Consideration. Yeah, yeah. they were they're great fun. I mean, because I, I, definitely, I definitely feel like, because I remember, I think people were always, people have always known who you are. Mm. And then, but Best in Show, uh, the Buck Laughlin <laughs> character was like so mind blowing. That seemed to be the most popular. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that totally. How much? I mean, just what was the experience like? Well, they brought us up there and they showed us the day before video that we would be seeing what we would be seeing the next day. The next day, Jim Piddick and I were just sitting. They moved all the extras up behind us, mm -hmm. and this rolled the camera, and Chris Guest would say, okay, now here's where the sports dogs come out. This is where the big dog jumps on the fat lady. This one, and I just had, I was supposed to be doing uh, Joe Garagiola. He did the color for the right, uh, right. Westminster Dog Show. And he had kind of a delivery like that. You know, he's the next baseball player. Uh -huh. And I remember once he was talking, at a, he was narrating a ball game, and he said, the, the crowd is leaving like the uh, concessionaires are selling fire. I said, well, that's a strange... That's something you plan. Selling fire? Yeah, I hey, don't know what You to, don't have to buy the what, fire. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to leave. So when there's, scene, there's a scene where the dog leaps up on the fat lady, and I said, he went after her like she was made out of ham. So you just, it's somehow easier to be in a different character and put on someone's voice, and then any thought I had came out, because I knew he would just uh, cut it if it didn't work. And I got there the night before, and he, he said, come on, let's have something to eat with uh, Eugene Levy. And I said, now, have there been a lot of Shih Tzu jokes? And he said, no. I said, there will be tomorrow. <laughs> so uh... I, think, I think the one that I, I, I literally screeched like a girl in the theater when you, when you said something like, how much do you think I can bench press? Ballpark. <laughs> 
I literally, I had one of those laughs that was like, ah! like you know. <laughs> well, that, my idea was that who would give a crap what this guy, but he thought that everyone would be interested. Uh, that, that was all, yeah. I mean, you have to, obviously, when you're doing that, you, I mean, do you know Christopher Guest pretty well at this kind point? Kind of, but he's still not, uh, I, I still, I, I don't, you know, we never go out to dinner. He's very standoffish and uh, very cool. I think just now, if I see him, I can kind of get a little smile out of him. And he's married to Jamie Lee Curtis, who mm -hmm. couldn't be more outgoing and warm. Uh, they're a great couple. But, but Chris, I just, uh, I just love him. I'd love to be um, in his inner circle. I'll tell you why. We were sitting in the office uh, during one of the intervals, and two gardeners were putting up a tree, you know, planting a tree and going up like that. And he said to Eugene, he says, look... Jim Iwo Jima. And, and Eugene laughed. I said, I don't get it. He says, oh, we have a funny thing where everyone's lesser brother is named Jim. John Belushi has Jim. Don Amici had Jim Amici. And here these people were putting up a, putting tree, up a tree. like a flag. Jim Iwo Jima. I said, God, I wish I, I'd love to be in this crowd. Just hang out with them. Is that, is that where you start trying to do the joke with people? Like, uh... Oh, uh, Jim Blue Collar, and then they're like, yeah. "What? Yeah, that's yeah. not I funny, Fred. It. Why yeah. would you uh, try to?" I, I, I always, you have to have a lot of, uh, you must have a lot of uh, faith in a guy when you're just improvising, and they can literally cut the movie in one of any yeah, yeah. five million ways. Yeah, yeah. So you just, you know, pitch in. That's what I did in Best in Show. I said this is going to end up on the cutting room floor or just a voiceover. So I said, any any thought that comes into my mind, I'm going to. Express yeah. and, and I and I did and he left a lot of it in mm -hmm. and uh, so I was very happy with that. I mean, is that do you really feel like that's the best? You know, if you're improvising, is that really the best way to do? It? I know UC, yeah, UCB yeah. has the like don't think mantra. Yeah, that's that's the best thing, and that comes naturally if you do it all the time. If I was at Second City for one year. And the first few nights, oh, what do I say, what do I say? After a while, I just become, you just go out, you, you, you close down your mind and just say anything comes to your mind. That's the best thing to do. I, I found since then, people say, come on, get up and improvise with us. And I'll get up and something will be going on and I'll think of something and then they're, they're past. They've gone down and right. it's too late. But, um, so that's the best thing to do. It's like anything if you do it over and over. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Ever, did you ever teach at Second City? Um, no, 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 I didn't. But I remember years ago, when I first started, I was in an off-Broadway show in New York that Alan Arkin directed. And um, they, they asked me, they said, Fred, would you come in on Saturdays? We have a college group uh, that, that's interested in improvisation. And I said, well, they said, and whatever they paid at the time was just what my rent would be for the month. So I uh -huh. said, yeah, I'll do it. So every Saturday I went in, all these college kids, and this is another lesson, there were not that many theater game, improv games at the time. So... I would get them up. I found the best thing to do is get two people up, give them a situation, and let them just do it. That's the best way to learn. It's like tossing someone overboard, and they'll learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. And I found that <laughs> three out of four... Some of the time. Three out of four, <laughs> like it, you, handling an inanimate object, or an, an object, take a basketball. It's not there. You know, it's sensory. Take it up. Two, three, the third, the fourth guy would go like this. I said, no, no, you're holding a ball. They just wouldn't get it. And they wouldn't get anything, and you, but you just let them go, and you, they're not, they're not going to go on and do improv, or maybe theater, which is not a bad thing. They'll do something else. They'll play the banjo. They'll be an athlete. Or something. <laughs> That's They'll, the go-to if you don't, that theater play, sucks, banjo time. Yeah. Here we banjo go. or the accordion. Take my advice. <laughs> um, which has become a very hip instrument, hasn't it? The, the accordion? accordion? Now, yeah. It's now uh, with the, um, what's that down in New Orleans? What kind of music is that? Uh, Treme. No. Well, no, that's... <laughs> you Comic-Con guys. You I, hear, I hear Zydeco from Zydeco, the audience. Zydeco, yeah. 
Yeah, well done. So who, who is that out there that keeps shouting out the right answers? Is that the same guy? No. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> it's great to have a knowledgeable audience out it's there. A to smart know, audience. Yeah, they it's know smart, what we're talking about. They're ahead of us. Smart bunch of nerds yeah. out there. Mm. Like, uh, for instance, if I were to name the most famous Zydeco player, it would probably be... Um, what? Motherfuck. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be Tom like... Tom got it. What? Tom got it. Well, of course Tom got it. He's an encyclopedia of... Uh, there was fact. a guy I saw there down there. There's a place called the Rock and Bowl in New Orleans. It's great. It's a bowling alley in the back. They got rock shows. And you hear that Zydeco music. It's great. It's like heavy rock and roll and, and country and New Orleans, Cajun. It's, it's great music. Yeah. Do you... Do you uh, do you tour down there a lot? Do you tour? No, I was—I don't know what I was doing down there, New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up. I was in a Greyhound bus station, completely, <laughs> completely naked. Who knows? You fall asleep on a bus. You wake up in a bathtub of ice with one kidney. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> then I found it on eBay. My own—that's my kidney. <laughs> well, I just put Fred Willard and kidney in there, just kind of crossing my fingers and lo and behold. I was down there for something. I think it was. Uh, after NAFTA, what's that? Nat, NATPE. NATPE. Oh, NATPE. Oh, when they, when they were doing the national. Yeah, it was yeah. down there. And that I, was I, the television buyers yeah. thing. You see how impressionable. All I can remember is going to the rock and bowl. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I wasn't asked back. Mr. Willard, I don't think you're taking your job seriously. Well, Shut I, up, Zydeco. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Buckwheat's here. <Yeah. laughs> or as the girl with I, went, I was with kept saying, Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> 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 you must have something else to say. Okay, right, have another beer. I'm going to sit with this lady over here. The library, you're a librarian? Good, let's talk. <laughs> I'll make your decimal system all dewy. <laughs> all right, come on. Oh, wait a Fred, what kind sorry. of show is this I, turning out? It's a out? filthy show. I apologize to you guys. Thank, These guys thank are, you. They said, Fred, this is not going to be an X-rated show, is it? I said, no. <laughs> I'll see to that. I've got the delete button. <laughs> I became Nixon. There, uh, Mr. Nixon, I? yes. Yeah. You delete little... 18 minutes at a time. Nixon Frost. <laughs> I do two impressions: uh, Sullivan, Ed Sullivan, and Nixon. And Ed Sullivan, <laughs> Nixon always ends up as I'm not a crook. And right here on our show, I <laughs> so it just goes in. Fred, thank Tom Kenny knows I don't do voices. Fred, thank you very much. We're seeing a lot of people. <laughs> if you need a Sullivan or a Nixon, okay. I do a Sullen Nixon. You yeah. can just do a weird mashup. Uh, between Fred, we're doing a Fred Willard, and we didn't like your audition. We're going to get someone else. You were great, but and you know we'll, you'll be on hold. We just need someone more Fred Willardly. More you know, Fred Willard. can I tell you that actually weirdly happened to me today? I was in the G4 building. I work for a channel called G4. I uh, know it. Oh, you do know G4. I was down on their show. Oh, you have been. Well, that's usually how people know G4. Lightning fast show. You're in. You're out. <laughs> you're out. So hip. And I thought I was killing, but the crew stands around laughing. And so you think, boy, I'm killing here. And the crew is laughing. Believe me, they don't laugh if they don't like what you're oh, saying. Yeah. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> um, but uh, you, so a lot of times you think you're going to get a safety net because you're like, ah, they, you know, we all work together. No, yeah. it does not work. So if they oh, laughed, you earned it. But I was in I love there. guys who struggle with their water. You see guys that talk, it's just like this. You go, what the <laughs> hell is going on? And then how it's does, just the backward how thing. How does yeah, this work? Like, yeah, so... Uh, I okay. bought this at a stand where they were selling fire, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, um, God, I'm going to do 
Yeah, you're good. You're oh, Fred, you're a little, little sweaty. Do you need a towel? Do you ever admire anyone who runs in a marathon or triathlon? Uh, the triathlons, you know, the Ironman thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, their kidneys I do. I sit around and admire them. I do. I just, that's what I admire about them. I just them. sit around and admire them. You watch them. them stop by the side of the road and throw up, and then yeah. they say, ah, that's, uh, you know, I'd rather be a baseball player. I admire player. kidney failure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because your kidneys want to work, and then it's like, nope, nice try, kidneys. Yeah. I really admire the... 20 more miles. So, I, uh, this, I was going to tell... I probably shouldn't retell the story now, but um, in the E building today, they were auditioning for a new show for E, and it actually said in a breakdown, they were looking for a Chris Hardwick-type singled-out era. <laughs> Chris, just scroll the bangs right, back man. out. Just yeah, scroll your bangs back my, out. Let me just put my oversized gas station shirt and my fucking <laughs> hair drapes. Yeah. So yeah, I was. So I, I actually, I, I was this close to like grabbing a script and going into the room and being like, "So, what are you looking for?" And it didn't happen. We though. need you oh, twenty Lord. years younger. <laughs> uh, take it down a notch, Jonah. I'm twenty not, years. Can. What the fuck? I'm sorry. What the? How long ago was it? I can't. Oh, not geez. 20. <laughs> Jesus. You just aged me. I rounded up a bunch. You rounded up quite a bit. <laughs> um, so uh, are you gonna are you gonna go on tour again anytime soon? You like to do you like to tour around? Oh, uh, I, I I think of it every time once in a while, but no, I don't think so. There's so many great comics out there. What well, do you know? Going to Montreal and you yourself. I mean, comedy is it, 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 people are very good now. You, it's very seldom. Even if you see a comic you don't like, they still got a few nuggets up there, and it's it, it's got something. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> well, because I think people always say. You know, I, I hear people say a lot, oh, in the old days, like 20 or 30 years ago, that's when the comics were really good. But I always feel like there are probably just as many people trying to do it. It's just the shitty ones you don't remember. And yeah. so that's why it seems like... No, comedy, a lot of people are doing comedy. And it's very, uh, very... Uh, I, I, I just salute everyone who can get up and, and do... Well, we saw the new Faces show. People do five to seven minutes. And the great thing about that, you can see the light, you know, at five or six minutes. And, oh, good, they're almost off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Then you really, when they're up, oh, that's great, okay. I was supposed to have another show start at 9.30. Oh, another <laughs> another one, yeah. Did you happen to, did you see Bill Burr while you were up there? I did not, but I've heard him on comedy radio. He's a very funny guy. Bill, Bill's, Bill's really amazing. Really? And Louis C.K., have you seen Louis? Yeah, I've, I watch his TV show, Louis. Yeah, yeah it's great. great. I haven't seen it yet. I hear oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's very funny. Oh, God damn it, I said it again. All right. Wait, let me, let me rephrase that. It's very, very... What can't you say? Well, I say amazing a lot. It's just, it's just, it's just a go-to word. It's that a titillating show. It is. It's a very. You, well, it's a must-see for comics. Louis C.K. Yeah. is titillating. You, Louis C.K. is striking. <laughs> He's prominent. <laughs> I've got the thesaurus app here. He's pointed and notable. That's what, that's what a comic wants. Your show is pointed and notable. <laughs> Thank you. And notable. I have not seen it, but I've heard it. <laughs> so, uh, what are you what are you working on now? I know you have a book, which we'll talk about in a second. But what is are you are you are you on Modern Family? You're coming back? I, I think so. You know, I was nominated for an Emmy for this for this thing as a guest guest appearance. Yeah, nice. Great, this, You've been nominated a couple times for Emmys. I was nominated a couple three years in a row for Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. I didn't win, but the thing is, if you if you win, it's a bad thing because everyone says, "Yeah, geez, he wasn't that good." But if you don't win, <laughs> you know, people say, "You got robbed, man. <laughs> right. This guy won all the time. You should." So it's it's kind of. But I love it. There's nice parties you can go to. They're yeah. great. And I'm I'm still starstruck. I go to there's an Emmy party and I look around. God, there's this guy and there's a, that guy and it's it, and they know you, which is nice. Or they and they pretend to like you. Hey, I'm a big fan. 
Thank you. I'm a big fan of yours. Who was that? <laughs> Who was that? Big that fan. That was Joe Latruglia. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was, it was really funny. It was really amazing watching <laughs> Seth Rogen was like, oh my God, Harrison Ford just came up to me and said he knew who I was. I'm like, you're fucking Seth Rogen. Yeah. Everyone knows who you are. Uh, it was probably the pot connection, too, uh, with Harrison Ford. Um, but, uh, uh, so what are the Emmys like? Like when you, when you, because I. Very exciting. If you know, if you don't go in saying, I got to win this thing. You go in and it's, it's very fun. It's a little long. It's like everything. Uh, you, um, you sit there and that, but the thing is, it's great. Uh, James Lipton. I got to know James Lipton and off camera, he's a very personable guy. <laughs> um, no, really. Uh, he, you know, he's very nice. I sat at a table with him for a while. Very personal guy. But the first time I, I, I met him, James, I'm a big fan of your show, which really means I watch it in wonderment. You know, right. it's just yeah, uh, yeah. But um, <laughs> for those of you on the actor track, but, uh, <laughs> and I said, <clears throat> Fred, what is your favorite swear word? Yeah, and then they bleep it. You tell right. them to bleep it, and beep. I like it, beep, beep, and then I also beep. But um, so I said to him, it's a uh, fuck sauce titty tard. Like I always want to go on and say like a really weird one. No one ever says, like, a really weird one. It's shit socks. It's shit socks. My favorite word, go fuck yourself. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> Everyone will come. No, but he's, I said to him, James, how are you, big fan? Great. I said, isn't this great? I, just, I didn't win, but it's just great. It doesn't matter. And he's, oh, it mattered very much to me. I really wanted to win. And he didn't win, the poor guy. But I thought, you know, it does, it's so uh, subjective. Who, who's the best actor? I mean, I see actors on soap operas who are good. You know, they, they could be uh, nominated. It's just someone, they put your name in, it goes up, and uh, it's always flattering, but and it's fun. There's parties, and you get a little notoriety. But afterwards, if I, if, when I don't win, I'll put an ad in the trade, say, thanks, Academy. <laughs> Fred Willard. People don't know. Oh, Fred, what did he win for? Best direction. Best, most improved. Or they'll just think... Most improved. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Best... You don't want to be known attendance. as... Attendance. I got yeah, the attendance, yeah. Emmy. Most punctual. Fred's always on time. I've worked with him many times. Fred Willard, E for effort. E for, you never wanted that as a kid. No, no. You, you wanted to get a, a, an A and a... What was that? A U for uh, on ex- not good effort. That was, that was gold. <laughs> a U? You got a great grade, but no bad effort. <laughs> you didn't want to get a D with an E for effort. You didn't right, want right, because that, that means you're trying hard and you yeah. failed. Yeah. 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 Did, you, uh, did you prepare? Do you ever prepare Emmy speeches? No. Oh, no. You kind of think, what do I. And you don't, what do you do? You think your agent, you think this one, you think, what are you going to do? Um, I did it. I, I won a comedy award once, and I thought I had a funny thing. I got up and I said, as I was sitting out there, I thought, what a great movie of the week this would make. And then I said, wait a minute, Fred, you're an actor. Everything that happens to you, you think would make a great movie of the week. <laughs> I thought it was kind of an uh, interesting thing. You know, actors, we go, this is wonderful. Just being on this panel, what a movie of the week this would This would be a two-parter. The first part would be dri- driving to the Largo, then waiting in the green room. That is so funny. Yes. That is so funny that you say that because as a comic, every time, I'm not kidding, every time I walk into a room, I'm like... Well, if you put the stage there, and then you put a curtain uh, behind people yeah. here, like I always envision, like how you would set up a stand-up show. Well, the first, yeah, the first probably Fred talks to to David Keckner, and then it would be about ten minutes with David. Fred yeah. talks to Tom Kenny. Now he's getting the green light. It's time to go on, and we switch <laughs> to the audience, you know, and, and do that uh, that annoying pam pam yep. pam pam. The, this kid. Um, Enter the, Google guy. Yeah, and then that guy comes in. 
Zydeco is playing. <laughs> um, do you, uh, so do you, do you sit down, do you still write sketch stuff? Do you ever write Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we, 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 my wife and I have a, a sketch workshop. Your wife is wonderful, by oh, the way. Oh, that's nice. Mary, she's here. She's yeah, here she tonight. is. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, well, sure she is. I think I left her. She's in the, in the, the green room talking with my publicity guy, just going on and on. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to be on. And, oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> How long have you guys been together? A long time. Long time. <laughs> fair. It's fair answer. <laughs> long, no, she's very supportive. It's, it's great. That's good. Um, and so uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, it's we like a sketch workshop, which is not people say, oh, you teach? No, you don't. You can't teach. It's kind of like a social thing. People come in, they bring in sketches, and you get up and do cold readings. And then um, once a month, we started doing a little show at, at Bang on Fairfax. You oh, yeah, what? no, they sprout across from the old Argo. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, you do about a 50-minute sketch show, always under-rehearsed. Mm-hmm. You have lights and sound, and people, you know, we were in there 20 minutes before the show going over the lines. But it's a lot of fun, and it's, uh, I love sketch. It's my favorite thing. Movies, the, if you don't like a movie, you can, you know, two hours, two and a half hours is too long. Sketch, you're in and out, three, four minutes, it's great. Yeah. You did uh, the, uh, there's a monthly show at UCB called The Midnight Show. And you actually I did that once. Yeah, what that. great fun that was. Yeah. It was a, yeah. like, it's like a bunch of younger guys, UCB guys, like uh, uh, Michael Bush, mm-hmm. uh, Kale Hartman, James yep. Pumphrey, and like, they put together basically Saturday Night Live, right? It was. They were all young, and seven, seven of them live in one house. It'd make a great sitcom. And they sit <laughs> They sit around the table and they're writing sketches and I so admire them and they, they came up with all this material and they did some YouTube stuff and we did a, at a midnight at uh, the Upright Citizens. It used to be the old Tamarind yeah, Theater yeah. on Franklin. Yeah. And it was great fun at midnight. How, how, do you, how, are you, how do you write sketches? Like, do you, do you just kind of come up with the ideas and work the beats out on stage, or are you, is it No, pretty? no, I, always, I sit down, usually on Monday afternoon, I say, i got to come up and write something. And then I get an idea and just sit and, and write it. And it's, uh, uh, I, I've got about five boxes full of sketches in my house. Uh, probably 50% of them are unusable, and the other 50 I'll look through and say, boy, this is funny, I should do this again. You know, it's good. I think it's good. Like, for anyone out there who, who's a comedy writer and you write notes, it's, it's always good to go through your old notebooks and stuff. Definitely. Because maybe sometimes some stuff that wasn't ready yet, you can put into other things. Like, it's just a good idea to mine your old stuff, yes. I think. I, every once in a while, I have to host something. And I'll pull out a joke I did 10 years ago that didn't work too well. Mm-hmm. And I'll get a huge laugh. It's just in the context. Did you see the movie Joan Rivers? Uh, a, a I piece hear of it's work? really great. It's wonderful. She has a filing cabinet, hundreds, alphabetized every joke she's ever done. I don't. I have little scraps of paper someplace, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is in the wastebasket. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's great. Very organized. Bob Hope had that too. Uh, Milton Berle. It just uh, everything categorized. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Did, who else besides Bob Hope did you uh, when you were as a kid? Yeah. Danny Kay, Abbott and Costello, um, Bob Hope and Crosby. I had a little kid, and I loved when they turned to the camera at the end of the movie and addressed the audience. It was just as a kid, you know, you're used to seeing the movies, and I said, God, it's so wonderful. And Bob Hope was so, uh, you know. Brash. Yeah. yeah. Just jokes, jokes, jokes. And now you listen and say, That's what he said. I don't even understand what he said. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> Just that time. Yeah. Yeah. Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie Anderson. Um, but, um, <laughs> it's like watching Don Rickles. Couldn't be funnier. And you're laughing. You say, wait, what did that mean? What he just said. <laughs> Bring him a bowl of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> but I just met him um, at, at a Bob Newhart uh, tribute. And Don Rickles knew who I was, just like, uh, what's his name, Seth Rogen felt about yep. And he, he called me over, and he did a few put-downs did, to his wife. You know Fred Willard, the least talented ma- actor in, in showbiz, but I loved it. <laughs> then he grabbed me, you know, I love you, you're just great, man. <laughs> <laughs> that 
with Don Rickles. It's wonderful. And is this, and he got up and he did this stuff. Then later I saw him on Leno, and uh, he did the same stuff, but it's so funny. And he's just saying, <laughs> so, uh, so great. He so, did his Fred Willard as the worst guy. No, no. no. He, he's <laughs> probably already forgot about me. <laughs> hey, I understand you met Fred Willard. Who? That hockey puck. Jay, get back. I'm here now. The band. Hey, you guys. Is here? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a friend of mine saw, um, a f- I, this was probably like 10 years ago, went to Vegas and saw Rickles open for Sinatra. And like oh, one man. of those last big shows oh, yeah. that, they were, that they were doing and, and said he was still like... Yeah, I've never laughed harder than, well, three people. Don Rickles, when he'd just get going. Uh, uh, Rodney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a guy, I've, Jimmy Martinez, years ago. I used to see him at the Improv in New York. He'd make me laugh so hard. Uh, and he just, he never broke through, but uh, Rodney and, um, who did we just say, Rodney and uh, Don Rickles, just laugh hard. Doesn't mean they were my favorite comics, because, you know, you watch Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld. I, I sat through a concert with him at Vegas. I don't think I laughed once, but it was amazing. No, I don't mean that, but it was amazing. I came up, my wife will say to me, you're not enjoying I said, I can't believe it's wonderful. But you, sometimes you watch more and say, oh, God, what great jokes. Yeah. But others, you go to, you go to a burlesque show and laugh. The guy comes out with... Uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, well, <laughs> that's really funny. So the ne- next time if I'm having a set and, uh, and I feel like people aren't responding, I'll go, they're probably just sitting there admiring my craftsmanship. That's right. <laughs> Some of them enjoyed me so much, I do- they dozed off. They, do- they <laughs> dreamt of what I could be. I, I took them to <laughs> an ethereal plane. They wanted, they wanted to check my material. They kept saying, check, please. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I don't mean... I, love, I think Jerry Seinfeld is probably the funniest comic I've ever seen, the, mo- the brightest, most wonderful comic. But there's different types of comedy. You know, you laugh hard at certain... You laugh at a cartoon, a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah. But I'll sit and watch Mort Saul and just say, oh, my God, or uh, just so bright, so brilliant. Um, anyway, that's, I don't want to talk more about comics because everyone will say, oh, Fred doesn't like Jerry Seinfeld, that's, which is not true. I love no, it. No, I think we all took uh, no, away from I, that. No, you, I love it. You love Jerry It's like watching a painter. What's the deal with Fred Willard not <laughs> laughing at my material? <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, get me started on Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about I want to talk about your book because you have a book. By the way, yeah. guys, um, you definitely uh, Fred is going to be out in the lobby area signing copies of his book. So. Do I have to sit and sign them? Okay, I guess. Yeah. I, well, I thought oh, they were uh, just going to sell them. That's, no, that's great. <laughs> but it's um, <laughs> but you you were hoping to be out there selling them yourself, though. Yeah, right? I want to say, hey, you want to buy a book? <laughs> <laughs> Can you ten sign bucks. It? What do you care? Do it for ten bucks. You're going to sign this? Oh, fuck no, I don't want to do that. No time for that. Yeah, well, go fuck that. yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, Fred Willard told me to fuck myself. Way. I can die. I meant that in a good way. I meant that in a good way. You sign it somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, th- your, your, your book is called uh, Fred Willard's Magnificent Movie Trivia. Uh, put your knowledge of movies, actors, facts, and first to the test. Um, yeah, they came to me with this idea, and they... they God did all the research, and they said, do you want to... And I said, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking through it, and it's, uh, you know, they, they give you multiple choices about movies, and then they have the little trivia, things you didn't know about movies, which is fascinating. So I, I end up just reading the, the trivia columns. Did you know... Uh, 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 what, what's the one that went to White Castle? Who was that? Uh, uh, Harold and Kumar. Harold Kumar went to White Castle. Cal Penn is a vegetarian. They had to make veggie burgers for him. I just happened to read that. <laughs> to, to, eat. Yeah. to eat in there. It's amazing. So that is an example of a fact that you might get in Fred Willard's magnificent yes. movie trivia. Barbara Streisand did uh, Funny Girl. Her leading man was supposed to be Frank Sinatra. She did not want to work with him. So uh, I don't know why. Maybe she was nervous or didn't like him or thought he'd get all the, the, the reviews, but they used, uh, who, who was the, the funny girl, you know, Barbara Streisand? Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif, so he was the, yeah. 
Yeah, a natural backup to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> oh, uh, Frank Sinatra doesn't have a daunting hair, facial hair. Uh, let's get Omar Sharif. Um, but that, no, it's it's a fun book, and you don't have to have you know, ch uh, you know, a game. You know, it's like a Trivial Pursuit. You don't need that. You it's great. There's a, there's games in here. There's trivia games, and also yeah. I feel like Doug Benson would love this. Yeah. yeah. Have you done Doug Benson's uh, show? No. I love movies. No. That, would be, that would be a fun show for you to do at some mm. point. Now that you're on the podcast circuit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Fred will be signing uh, Fred Willer's Magnificent Movie Trivia. I'll uh, be here all night, too. <laughs> <laughs> really? <I'm... laughs> do you want to? Uh, I did not know, I, but I'd be glad to sign it if anyone, uh, you know. And it's, what are they selling that for? What is it for? For your, your, I think your like $300. Is it 300 huh? Oh, it's seven ninety-five. dollars 100 bucks marked was, down to. I was off. Um, $7.95. Pay what you can. Yeah, book soup. Hey, that's. <laughs> Books, pay, pay what you can. Yeah. The, the internet model. Place, pay what you can. I'll yeah. give you two bucks. You All right, asshole. You, I just saw your $200 steak dinner. Um, <laughs> I'm following you around, so yeah, that's why no. I saw you eat that steak Two dinner. Two bucks. I, thought you, I saw you drop a five on the sidewalk. Yeah. I didn't laugh it's, at it. I just like to make sure that people are telling the truth when they say that they can only pay a certain amount for an object, so I follow them around during the day. times, yeah. I've yeah, been following you. Time. The parking next door, at first he said, park anywhere. You with Largo? Park anywhere. I came down, he says, it's seven bucks. So I started to get out and said, I gave him seven. He said, no, that's ten. I said, ten? Okay. Then someone else said, Fred, you don't have to pay. So, oh, you're in the show. You don't have to pay. So I went from nothing to seven to ten to I got in free. <laughs> Shit, yeah. So drinks on me after the show. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. What's a drink here for about a buck? You know, <laughs> yeah, about a, about a yeah, dollar. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. eight. Two, eight. Two fifty for your top shelf, uh, <laughs> Jaegers. Um, then but, that's that 1% tip you got to figure out. Yeah, that 1%. $20, 1% of yeah. $20. <laughs> Here's a dime. Um, <laughs> I want to bring out the next guest. Why not? Because I'm going to sing with Tom. Is Tom I, or do we have... Someone? Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Kenny coming out of the stage. <laughs> Come on out, Tom. Right yeah. Wow. Hey, Brad. It's Tom hey, Kenny. Wow. Such a thing. I guess that was an intro. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I, you know, what happened was I was going to give you a bigger intro, and then I said your name, and then I was like... Fuck, I already just said his name, That's so I, did, right. I just yeah. spoiled the intro. You don't intro. want to leave it in the locker room. I yeah. didn't take up a lot of time. He just kept asking I know. I know. And I don't want to sit here. This, he yeah. told me this whole thing would be over by 10. Yeah, I uh, did, but I didn't want to say. Come on, Willard. Bring Lassie yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, Fred's got another joke. Okay. No, like, no it's, it's funny. I'm standing back there watching, and every story that you were telling was triggering like a stream of consciousness a story of mine, like like I went to New York when I was barely out of high school to see uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield in New York because I loved him. And at that time, uh, there was this thing called punk rock that was very big at the time. What? And, yeah, have you heard of it? No. Yeah, yeah it's kind it's kind of like you know greasers, and then there was punk rockers. What? And I had like I had like a punk rock, you know, I looked like a punk rock guy, you know, because I was like like 20, 21 years old, and I went there and I'm like, wow, Rodney Dangerfield, this is so great. I want to write comedy. This is gonna be so great. And Rodney came in drunk, drunk. Yeah. And I was already excited because I had seen Joe Ansis sitting at the bar, right? Very famous writer. The guy who supposedly Bruce. was okay. Rodney's yeah. muse through all the years. Like, he was like a hipster jazz guy that, that was like pals with Lenny Bruce and friends with Rodney and gave them jokes, but he wasn't a performer mm -hmm. himself. And I recognized him. I was like, wow, I can't even talk to that guy. I'm too, you know, this is amazing. And then Rodney comes in, loaded, and goes walking through. And I go, wow, you know, I'm all by myself. I, I hitchhiked down from Syracuse, New York, to New York City. And he stops drunkenly and sees me. He goes, 
what the fuck are you? <laughs> I said, hey, I, I, I'm here to see the show. He said, oh, you're one of these angry punks, huh? Yeah, one of these angry punks. Yeah, well, I'm fucking angry, too. I've been angry for a lot longer than you've been angry. So all of a sudden, you're in a fight with Rodney Dangerfield. I know. It starts. It's like, I love you, and yet you want to fight me. <laughs> so, yeah, so every, every story that you had, I got my, I got my SAG card because of Dave Thomas. Oh, you dear, know, he, yes. he hired me to write ins and outs on America's Funniest People. Oh, you mean Dave Thomas, the actor, not the founder of Wendy's? Not the Wendy's guy. <laughs> no, not no, no, not 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 the guy with the uh, with, the, with, with the Willie Nelson-looking trademark girl. No. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, uh, it was. Uh... <laughs> might might be his daughter. That might be his daughter. Might be his daughter. <laughs> For all the girls I've loved before. No, it was. Uh... Yeah, so Dave hired me to write uh, to write ins and outs on America's Funniest uh, People. Not even America's Funniest home videos, but, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, it was a great job. It got me in the WGA. My boss was Jack Burns from Burns and Schreiber. Oh, my yeah. Do you know Jack? Absolutely, yeah. What a great guy. And, uh, uh, for Dave and Tony Catane. <laughs> yeah, and Tony Catane, exactly. No, it was the other one. Uh, uh, we don't have a Jaguar no, for it wasn't, on. What do we do? It wasn't Tony Catane. It was, uh, she's, she, what? Holy shit, Arlene Sorkin. <laughs> That's the person who knows Buckwheat Zydeco. No, no, that was that person. Wow. Do you know Buckwheat Zydeco's real, na real name? Stanley Dural. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. You just got learned. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, so Dave hired me, and basically the job consisted of me hanging out. It was during the Gulf War. I remember because Jack is a Which real, one? Yeah. Uh, the first one? The first one. Okay. You know, Daisy, when Daisy Cutter was a new word. And, uh, uh, Jack, He's a Marine. Jack was a Marine, but also a total lefty, wow. but also totally into current events. Mm -hmm. So he would just, and he didn't like any of the other writers except me. So he would go, hey, Tom, come into, come into the room here, Tom. And I'd go in there, and he, go, and he would just lock the door, and i go, are we going to write jokes? he go, no, we're going to watch CNN. <laughs> and we'd watch Gulf War footage, and, and people would go, Jack, I have those jokes for the day. Slide him under the door. <laughs> he would slide him under the door. But he loved me for some reason. Tom Kenny, you are a great American. You are a great American, Tom Kenny. It's okay. Well, you, you know, Tom, you've, you've, had, you've had a really, you've had a phenomenal, interesting career because... Like, interesting you, is in quotes. No, it's great. Because, you know, like, you did Mr. Show stuff, and you did stand-up, and, yeah. and then, and then you know, for the, last, for the last 10 years, you've been doing Spongebob. Yeah, even longer. I realized that, like, uh, you know, you don't realize how much time is passing. And then uh, a club that I used to do in San Francisco called me and asked me to do their 25th year reunion. And I'm like, I haven't done stand-up in 15 years. You know, they, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I go... No, I won't be fine because the product that you're asking me to do is one that I don't uh, purvey anymore. It's like I don't know how to run a cash register at Price Chopper in Syracuse either because <laughs> that's an old day job I used to have and I don't know how to do it anymore. <laughs> and, uh, no, you'll be fine. I mean, and you know that you're going to be going up against guys that do it every freaking night in clubs yeah. and they're really tight and they're really good. And then you go up there and be, hey, you know, uh, please welcome Shecky Dick around. You know, and you go up there and you, <laughs> I and love you just Shecky sock Dick around. Yeah, so, you know. You don't, you don't realize how much, how much time is, is going on. But, but yeah, stand-up uh, stand is a weird way to make a living. Uh, uh, it is weird. It's weird. It's a weird compulsion to have to get up in front of a room of strangers and try to make them like you. Like, that's well, a weird yeah. thing to do. I always felt bad that I didn't quite have that compulsion enough. You know what I mean? Like, I was friends with, you know, like, like guys like Stephen Wright and Robin Williams and stuff like that. Like, like they, they would get, like, itchy palms if they didn't <laughs> go up 
and, and I was happy to dick around for months at a time without going up and doing, and doing stand-up. So it was, you know, I've, I kind of felt like I didn't love it enough. Is it, because Tom, well, Tom and I, because uh, I, I did a show for Nickelodeon too called Barnyard. Barnyard. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Back to the Barnyard, back I guess the bar- was the official back, name back of the, the show barnyard. you purport to yeah. have performed on. Back in the bar- back of the Barnyard, where I play Otis the Talking Cow. And, uh, um, <laughs> yes, two people. And, uh, <laughs> But what's fun is that Nickelodeon sent us, Tom and I, on, this, on these, they have Nickelodeon-themed cruises twice a year. Yes. And so they sent us on both of them last year, and Tom is a fucking rock star. And no one really knew who... If you're under nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> and on no, the MILF cruise. <laughs> <laughs> MILF cruise. MILFs and milk. MILFs and milk. So, uh... Got MILF? No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So no one, no one knew who I was, and that, or that I was did the voice of Otis. And so the first day that I saw you, all these people we meet in the in the main lobby, and all these people start swarming around Tom. And I go, Tom, I can see you're busy. He's signing autographs. And I go, Tom, I can see you're busy. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch up later. And he goes, You're not going anywhere. Hey, it's Otis the cow, everyone. And, and it was like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just wanted totally to distract those in. people so I'd go. Yep. You know, like scram away. But, uh, you know, it, you were down at Comic-Con. I was down yeah. at Comic-Con, which is like this bizarre alternate universe where people actually give a rat's ass about people like us. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's very deceiving. You go down there and you're like, I think I might be famous. And then you come back here and then people are like, oh, that is, fuck yeah. you, who do you think you are? That, like, that is, then it's back to Earth One. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're just like journeyman uh, uh, dildo, uh, uh, you know, uh, shelf builder guy. But... You know, it's so weird down there because, uh, you know, what's the weirdest costume that you guys saw? Um, well, like people dress up and stuff. Obviously, if if you know anything about comic cons, it's just it's like it's it's the ones where people just invent a character. Oh, I saw a, a normal sized guy dressed as Andre the Giant. What? <laughs> so he's just Andre. He was Andre the average dude. Yeah. Andre the person. Andre. Yeah. Andre exactly. the human. I don't quite have the prognathus jaw. It's it's a little smaller, but I saw well the one weird one that I saw was that uh, I I moderated the Mythbusters panel. Oh. Okay. And the last guy to ask a question was dressed exactly like Jamie Heineman with the fucking <laughs> beret and the mustache. I mean, you could it just screamed fetish, and you're well, like, oh. Well, you know, like, some of the characters, like, like for you to dress up and, like, make a homemade costume of a character that that is seminal to you and meaningful to you, you go, wow, okay, that guy's really into Aquaman. That guy's really into, you know, uh, uh, Chris Reeve-era Superman or whatever. And then I saw... Two Where's Waldos. Yeah, that's... <laughs> One of them was a black guy. <laughs> there is nothing nerdier than, than the black guy dressed like Where's Waldo. Hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> I'm Where's Waldo. I guess you found me. Yeah. <laughs> so... The other one, there was a guy dressed full-on, head-to-toe Colonel Sanders. Oh, seems, seems and unreasonable. And then continuing the fast food theme... There was a guy dressed like a, 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 and I don't think he was an In-N-Out employee that was just on his break. He was dressed like an In-N-Out employee. <laughs> like just walking around Comic-Con. Like that's his fantasy. Well, if I could be anybody. Uh, they got help. And- Those are the real heroes. Oh, man. Animal style, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh, wow, maybe that guy's really the superhero. 
Well, because if you were a superhero, that would be your fantasy. Yeah. If I could be normal life. and just work it in and out for one goddamn day. And then cut to the superhero like flipping a burger and it goes through the ceiling like, God damn these powers! I just want to be a normal person with a family. Um, Tell El you're over flipping again. <laughs> you must never interfere with human cheeseburgers. <laughs> with great minimum wage comes great responsibility. <laughs> Uncle Ben? <laughs> I'm the other Uncle Ben, the rice guy. No, I mean... Yeah. Thankfully, no one went dressed as him. That would have been very awkward. There probably was one there. I'm oh, sh- by the way, after this, the stabbing, yeah. like an hour and a half after that happened, I'm walking around the con, like walking around the convention center, and there's already a guy dressed as the person who got his eye stabbed by a pencil. Genius. I swear to God, it was 90 minutes after that happened. I don't know who that guy is, but I, I received I know. an email. That, that guy, like, you know, he, he read it on his cell phone and went, I smell an opportunity. You know? I was That's just right. like, dude, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Literally. Tragedy too soon. plus time. You can barely do Titanic shit now, and you're already doing the guy that stabbed himself in the eye. Well, now I want you to. Uh, uh, you, you, I want to. I want to talk just for a quick second, and then because uh, you brought you brought the band with you. I did. I um, did. Speaking of the cruise. Speaking of the cruise, um, you and uh, Andy Paley do uh, most of the music for the SpongeBob. Uh, well, show. some of the music for the SpongeBob show. Yeah, they. they uh, so they do these Nickelodeon themed uh, MILF cruises, and they, and they asked us to. Uh, <laughs> the MILF. Nickelodeon Cruise Lines. Do you yeah. like cruise lines but yeah. hate all the alcohol and sex? <laughs> exactly. His father and I split up a couple of months ago, and I wanted to do something really special for him. He's asleep in his cabin now, so. So you're the voice of SpongeBob. I wonder if you could help me with this Patrick shaped vibrator I purchased. And- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, you know, they said, "Do you want to come on? Do you want to come on the cruise and give uh, like uh, a class about how to do voiceover?" And I said, "Yeah, that'll be really freaking thrilling for six-year-olds. If I give my Donald Trump, uh, you know, learning annex class about how to be a wacky voiceover guy." You have to want it. <laughs> so I said, "No, but like, you know, if if we, uh, you know, if we can do the music stuff, if Andy Paley and I can do some of the songs that we did on the, sh- uh, you know, that we've written for the show and performed for the show, that would be fun. Then you're in Wiggles territory, MFR. Okay. <laughs> well, but I have to say, because I watched two of those shows, and I am not, I am not man. in Wiggles territory, and they were so much fucking fun, and that's kind of why I wanted you to do some of the, a couple of the SpongeBob songs. Okay, tonight. well. We haven't done it since then, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, do you, do you, because you were worried, you were like, I don't know, these people are young hipsters, are they going to be okay with Spongebob songs? We have never done these songs for people where the average age in the crowd is over 10. In Vietnam, the average age in was nine, 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 19. And 19. they've been watching, and they've been watching your show for three hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I, first of all, uh, before you bring the band out, I couldn't get the full Spongebob costume, which you had. At the show. Oh, that's right. We had the walk-around guy at the show. But and, uh, um, that's I'm, part of I'm it. I'm wondering, can, is, can I get a can I get a medium-sized volunteer out of the audience, please? Just someone who, uh, just a, a couple. Okay, that guy right there. I saw. Come up on All stage, right. sir. Yeah, I, can, I can't. I can't do the. Uh, I can't do the show unless there's a walk-around SpongeBob. Yeah. Uh, what is it your does, name? It doesn't matter if it's kind of like the copyright infringement guy that hangs out around the Chinese what, theater. What's, what's your name, sir? <laughs> what? Hunter. Hey, get up on stage, hey, Hunter. Hunter? 
Do you want Hunter? I am Hunter 18? One. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were the other guy. Oh, you're the other Hunter. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so hey, hang Hunter. On. So, should I bring the band out? We'll, uh... Yeah, you bring the band okay. out. Okay, okay. come on, band. Hello. Watch out, for Fred. Watch out for Fred's plant. Oh, oh sorry. Fred. <laughs> hey, Fred. All right, Hunter. You can leave if you want, Fred. Well, we're gonna... No, no, stay here. We're going we're gonna to stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you bet. This is basically just a pillowcase with a head hole in it. Wow. That is actually, that is actually worse than the guy at the Chinese theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's like you disappear into the character. To be honest, Chris, it would have been funnier if we got some of that wow. medium size. Fantasy. I, I, tried to, I tried to put it on Myra before, and it wouldn't. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Dude. there's booties. Because that helps the illusion. <laughs> you know, I wasn't buying it. Like elf when, shoes. Then when these bad boys came out, it was like, hello, it all fell into place. <laughs> this is you. <laughs> oh, God. I know, it's been 12 years of SpongeBob, by the way. So, yeah, some of you kids were... Some of you kids were probably, I, like Fred was saying, I'm, I'm now, it's been around long enough where people will actually come up and go, dude, I grew up on your show. All right, so Hunter, uh, when the SpongeBob st songs start, use fucking dance, all right? Okay. <laughs> I don't care if you're tired and your feet right. hurt and you're crying inside, you fucking smile and dance because you are SpongeBob today, okay? Yeah, like stretch it out. Stretch out those quads. Because those theme park employees are really into it, right? They really are. If you've ever talked to those people, they barf inside the head, they just keep on dancing. <laughs> you hear me, Ted? All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, SpongeBob in the High Seas. Yeah, we are the High Seas. Andy Paley in the High Seas. I don't know if you guys know the SpongeBob show at all. You seem to be over 11 years old. So. I, I, Cap'n is the correct response to these uh, questions, right? Okay, we're going to start with the theme song just because it's, uh, you know, it's the alma mater. Uh, let's see. Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you. Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Absorbent and yellow and porous is he? If not, go not just be something you wish. Like a fish. Nice kid. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Wait for it. We gonna do Where's Gary? You're the band leader, Andy. Oh yes, yes, I do SpongeBob on the show. I do SpongeBob. That's how I got this big honking scar right there on my neck. Twelve years of going. And then they give you money. It's the best scam in the world. Uh, I do Gary. I do Gary the snail, and uh, that Sp SpongeBob has a pet snail that meows like a cat for some reason, and. Uh, 
This is a, we did an episode where, where Gary the Snail ran away and he was found by a creepy old lady voiced by Amy Poehler. And uh, they asked Andy and I to write a song called Where's Gary? Uh, and this is a song we wrote called Where's Gary? Can, can white people do this?
Please. Tom, man. Tom, for, you know, there was a second, because people in the podcast listening can't see, I'm facing the audience and then having Hunter dance around in the SpongeBob costume while you do that. I felt like some douchey kid at a bar mitzvah whose dad was like, I'll fucking get you SpongeBob. Because <laughs> I'm in the middle of it. Oh, speaking of douchey kids at bar mitzvahs, what a segue. So at Comic-Con, I go to meet some of the SpongeBob animators at the Hard Rock where they're staying for dinner. And this giant African-American man comes up to me. I'm just waiting in the lobby for these guys. And he goes, excuse me. Are you the man that does about the SpongeBob? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's my day job. That's my dirty little secret. And he goes, OK, cool. Mr. LL Cool J would like to take a picture with you. <laughs> I heard the story. Did you hear this? Yes, I heard it. So I go, okay. And here comes, I thought he was dicking around with me, and here comes LL Cool J. <laughs> and LL Cool J, we pose, and then LL Cool J goes, could you do the boys? <laughs> and I go, sure, wow, LL Cool J, I'm soft, soft, spongy. Ah, and him and all his guys go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Like, what just happened? You got, you got right. one more? You want to do yeah, one? We're gonna do a, we're going to do a ballad now. Uh, they asked us to write a ballad for SpongeBob, and it's like, what would SpongeBob feel tender about? And it would be about his underwear. It, it, it's obvious. Like, SpongeBob is so, so tender to his under things, you know, uh, alphabetizes them and arranges them by color in his drawer. So he said, let's write a tender ballad that Spongebob would sing to his tidy whities And uh, again, does anybody have any underwear that I could borrow just, just to have a visual? <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, you've lost weight. You look fantastic. <laughs> wow. I, th I think Dave Keckner left these backstage. This is called My Tidy Whities. My tidy whities Tidy whities Tidy whities Who makes my whole life worthwhile So I start every day with a smile You fit like a glove Where 
That's for you, baby. You can keep that. Yeah. That's for you. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, these people have homes and families. Let's get out of here. Uh, for some reason, this is the song, the most popular SpongeBob song, I think. It's been used, uh, gosh, in commercials uh, everywhere. Uh, it's called Best Day Ever. It's us trying to channel John Sebastian via SpongeBob. Trying to be loving spoonful. Their son came up and he smiled at me. Said it's gonna be a good one, just wait and see. Jumped out of bed and I ran outside. Feeling so extra ecstatic. It's the best day ever.
folks. That was really scary, but really fun. Thanks so much. Now leaving Nerdist.com. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.